What does the Bible say about transgenderism? Can a person really be born into the wrong body? Can our soul be out of alignment with the body that we were born into? We'll look at what God's Word has to say about that on the Cross References Podcast. Cross-references podcast where you learn how every small piece of the Bible tells one big story, and most importantly, how they all connect to the cross and Christ. Whether you're a new Christian or a veteran Bible reader, our goal is that God's Word will make more sense to you after every episode. This is Luke Taylor. I'm a minister, and I remember 2016 very well. A lot of wild things happened that year. The Cubs won the World Series. It was a tumultuous election year. I remember I walked through the book of Amos with my Sunday school class, and the transgender issue exploded on the world scene. The transgender thing kind of got started in 2015, but by 2016, it was clear that this wasn't just a passing fad. It wasn't going away anytime soon. In fact, I brought up the book of Amos back there. It might not have seemed like it fit with the other things, but I remember something that Amos says in his book that we were covering during that time. Amos really didn't like that God called him to be a prophet. Um, We've kind of been studying Ezekiel also on this podcast, and he said some similar things early on in his book. He he argued with God. He didn't want to do it. But what I remember about Amos is like, you know, he doesn't like that he was called to do all this. He had to talk about things that he really didn't want to talk about, things he didn't want to even think about. And I remember feeling that way when, as a youth pastor— I was going to have to start talking to my kids about this whole transgender thing that was blowing up. And after years of talking about the L, the G, and the B, now the T was having its cultural moment, and that moment has still been going strong to this day. I wish I could say that a year from now, perhaps the moment would be ended, and that we could all kind of shrug our shoulders and be like, well, that was weird. I doubt that that's going to be the case, though. It doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon. But it is so important for Christians to know how to approach these issues from a biblical perspective. And so we're going to talk about that today on the Cross References podcast. This is part three in a five-part series on transgender issues that I'm doing throughout June, or also known as Pride Month of 2023. And you don't have to listen to the previous parts to understand what I'm going to be talking about this time. It's great if you want to, but this episode is also a great place to jump in because we're going to be talking about some Bible today. We're going to divide our episode up into two parts. We'll look at what the transgender movement says about gender and this new idea, new way to think about uh, sexuality. And then more importantly, we're going to look at what the Bible says. So let's get to it. What I am calling transgenderism today could also be described as the modern gender ideology. That's kind of even more of a mouthful, so I want to stick with transgenderism. That's still that's like a five-syllable word, so I want to see if I can handle saying that a million times today. The modern transgender movement, it really started in the middle of 2015 when Bruce Jenner, an Olympic gold medalist, he was an American icon, and he announced that he was no longer a man, but a woman. Something else happened in June of 2015. Gay marriage was legalized by the Supreme Court, across all 50 states of, of the United States of America. And I believe when that happened, something shifted spiritually in this country. Uh, the so-called right to a gay marriage that had now been legally settled. That changed a lot of things on the scene politically. The civil rights issue of that generation up until that point, it had now been settled. The bad guys won. The forces of evil in this country got their way. And as soon as they did, they immediately turned their attention to the next perversion that they wanted to push. Now that gay marriage had been won, what are they going to look to next? Well, they decided it would be this transgender thing, which I guess it makes logical sense. They did the LGB. LGB got that settled. Now they're ready for the T. And since then, they've added on some more letters. Um, But we're just going to talk about the T today. Bruce Jenner appeared on the cover of a magazine called Vanity Fair, And he was wearing women's clothing, um, posing, I guess you'd say, in a sexually provocative way. Here was the headline they put on it. Call me Caitlyn. Ever since then, Bruce has been known 
as Caitlyn Jenner. And not only did this happen with, with Vanity Fair, but a flurry of transgender representation across all forms of media also exploded at that time, further normalizing what I would consider to be this mental illness, this disconnect from reality, and further corrupting the minds of people in this country to accept it as, I, I don't know, morally acceptable, culturally acceptable to identify this way. And so let's talk about what transgender means, the classic definition uh, of the word transgender. It means noting or relating to a person whose gender identity does not correspond to that person's biological sex assigned at birth. So one of the things that transgender tries to do de definitionally is separate the idea of someone's sex from their gender to say your sex is what you biologically are, but your gender could be something else. It's your gender identity. It's whatever you feel that you are, whatever you identify as. Throughout all of human history up until, you know, five minutes ago, sex and gender were synonyms. They were used interchangeably. You could say, oh, my sex is this, my gender is this. They always meant the same thing. But as I talked about, I think in part one of this series, a psychologist uh, about, I don't know, 50 or so years ago named Dr. John Money, who, by the way, was a psychotic lunatic, he invented this idea that your sex and your gender could be two different things. And so he invented this decades ago, but in modern, like as in the past 10 or 20 years, this idea has really taken off. And so he was the one who introduced this idea. Dr. John Money, he was a pedophile. He was an abuser of children. And don't forget that his own experiments disproved his own theory that there could be a difference in sex and gender. Despite that his, that his own research contradicted his idea, the psychological community has decided to embrace his theory as a fact. Uh, it's absolute insanity, totally illogical, but we'll, we'll talk about why that is more later. This is now the going theory among the transgender crowd that your sex and your gender can be two different things, and what really matters is your gender or your gender identity, what you identify as. That is what should determine your reality, not your biology. A transgender activist named Chaz Bono said this, there's a gender in your brain and a gender in your body. For 99% of people, those things are in alignment. For transgender people, they're mismatched. That's all it is. It's not complicated. It's not a neurosis. It's a mix-up. It's a birth defect, like a cleft palate. So Chaz Bono, he, he or she, I don't really know what <laughs> this person is. Puts, I mean, there's a picture of him here, but I can't tell. So the, Chaz puts out this idea that... Um, if you are uh, trans transgender, if you have a mismatch in your sex and your gender, he, he or she says that this is just kind of like a, a, a normal birth defect, like a cleft palate. You know, whenever you're born, if you have a cleft palate problem, there may be a surgery to fix that. It's kind of a somewhat common thing. It happens regularly in, in, in the modern world. And so, the, the, you know, this is that's what they do if you have a cleft palate problem. And for other people, they might have a sex and gender mismatch. Your brain gender might might not be matched with your body gender or your body sex. And so, according to modern transgenders, and notice Chaz Bono said for 99% of people, these things are in alignment. Well, at the time Chaz said that, that was probably um, just accepted as true. Back when I, back when this, around 2015-16, about 700,000 people in the United States, or about 2.2, sorry, 0.2 to 0.3 of the population identified as transgender. Less than 1%, less than half of 1%, it was 0.2 to 0.3% of the population identified this way up until about 2015. Uh, it has exploded since then. It's much, much higher. Uh, I'm not sure what the exact percentage is today, but it's much, much higher, especially as you look at the youngest generations, those who are called um, like Generation Z and, and, the, and the kids who are being born around this time. Now, 40% of them say that they identify as something in the LGBT acronym, uh, as well as the QAI, blah, 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 that comes after that. 40% of our youngest generation has been indoctrinated into this. This is the results of, of the, uh, the, the media and the corrupting influence that they've had on, on the youngest generations. And so also to look at some statistics, here's some more that I compiled this. Again, about 2016, I compiled this that 
of LGBT people, uh, or sorry, transgender people, specifically the T. 34% attempt suicide. 34%. Now, in 2023, they say it's 39 to 50% attempt suicide. 39 to 50% because they're unhappy with their self-perception of their body. So just, you know, it's risen that much. It's risen about 15% in the past seven or so years. Now, here's what's interesting about that. Our society has become much, much more accepting in the past seven years of um, transgender ideology. I mean, at the very least, we'd have to say that. that the, the support for the transgender community, if you want to call it that, it is much, much higher today than it was seven years ago. And yet, not only has support for transgenderism increased in the United States, but the suicide attempt rate of, of people in the transgender community has also risen. Isn't that wild? Isn't that interesting? Wouldn't you think it'd be the opposite? Wouldn't you think that as society became more accepting of transgender people, they would decrease their rate of suicide attempts? Isn't that why we're told that they're attempting suicide? Because they're not being accepted in society? Because people are being too hateful and not supporting them enough? It's interesting that as the support has written has risen, the um, suicide attempt rate has risen as well. That doesn't make sense if transgenderism is merely a sociological movement. It makes perfect sense if it's a demonic, evil, wicked movement from the pits of hell. Let's talk a little more about what transgenderism says. Uh, they have this new word. It's not new, I guess, anymore. But they, they come up with this term called cisgender to mean a person who identifies as the sex that they were born as. Okay, A biological boy who ident identifies as a boy, a biological girl who identifies as a girl. They call that being cisgender. Um, I'm going to talk more about this later, but I do not recommend that Christians adopt the usage of this word cisgender. It's, I think we should just call it being a normal person. That's, we don't need a new word for just being normal. Uh, we, don't need, we don't need a new definition for that. It's, it, to me, it just goes back to this, this thing that progressives always try to do, where they're constantly trying to redefine words, recategorize people uh, to match their view of the world, to try to redefine reality by changing the words that we use. And so I do not consent to it. I don't consent to being recategorized just because transgender people want to recategorize themselves. So I don't, I don't, I reject this usage of the word cisgender. Another word that you need to know in talking about this subject is dysphoria. Gender dysphoria is whenever you don't feel like the gender that you biologically are. Okay. Historically, this was considered a psychological disorder. Now today it's treated as perfectly normal. Um, even being intentionally induced within innocent children. Uh, just remember, homosexual orientation, to say I'm, I'm gay, that's my sexual orientation, that was once considered a psychological disorder as well. And it was not changed because psychologists came up with some new research or came across some new information. They only changed it because there was an intimidation campaign by a group of homosexual activists back in the 1970s. And so the American Psychiatric Association, they changed it only because they wanted the harassment to end. It was not because of any new research or any new information that they, that they discovered. Um, that's why they changed it back then. Same thing is happening with dysphoria today. It's, it is a psychological disorder, but they are now trying to say it's just a total, it's a normal thing of being human. A lot of people experience dysphoria. Um, so that's, that's a little bit telling, though, for... If you're ever wondering why the psychological psychological community would accept something like the, the lunatic crazy ideas of John Money, his insane theories that, as I said, his own experiment disproved his theory, um, there's no logical reason to accept this idea that there can be a difference in someone's sex and their gender. But there you go. It's because science is often manipulated by political agendas rather than following the data where it leads. Let's talk about dysphoria a little bit more, though. What is it that causes gender dysphoria? You kind of have to look at this on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, some people, I would say some might develop gender dysphoria in a completely natural way. I'm not saying that that's impossible. I think it's, most of it today is, has been induced by the media and the culture that we're living in. But it could arise naturally. There's, um, you know, let's say someone in the womb 
that they were exposed, if it was a boy exposed to too much estrogen or perhaps a girl exp exposed to more testosterone than is normal for a girl. You know, things like that can happen. They could get chemicals a little bit off balance and perhaps that could lead to some dysphoria as an older person, as an adult. So there could be a natural reason for it. Um, here's something else though that I think is very common and not talked about a lot, sexual abuse as a child. Um, let's say there's a young girl and she's violated by a trusted adult. And so uh, sometimes what happens is like a young girl will become, she'll be, she'll start acting less feminine. She'll start acting more like a boy. And it's a psychological response. She's trying to protect herself from having something like this ever happen to her again. So, and then that can have big effects psychologically later in life to where a girl might not even want to identify as a girl anymore. Um, here's the big one though. The big one I think today, which is what's causing this transgender thing to explode in the past seven years. It's not, it's not just the cultural acceptance of this, but also the explosion and availability and pervasiveness of pornography. I think pornography is probably the main cause of transgenderism today. A lot of people, I mean, young teens, okay? Young teens are being exposed to and hooked on pornography. Uh, I mean, even before their teens, it's happening. If you give your kid unfettered access to the internet, this is going to happen. Guys, pornography is, is more than just lust. It's not just lust getting out of control. Pornography is very demonic, okay? And I don't just say that just because it's an evil thing. I mean, it is literally a very demonic practice that I, I think Satan is using pornography to bring great darkness to human hearts in this country, to the human minds in this country. If you just look at how decadent our society has become over the past couple of decades, and also look at how much more available pornography has become over the past, it's more accessible, it's more prevalent than ever. Anybody who has a cell phone can access pornography. Many young people often do. Many young people get hooked onto it at a you know just a very formative age. And so I am absolutely convinced that this pervasiveness of pornography is very linked to what's going on with this whole transgender movement. There is a recent interview um, with the Wachowski brothers, because I say this because they are, they are biological boys. The Wachowski brothers, they're most famous for creating a very interesting series of movies called The Matrix. And this was back in like the 90s. They invented the, they created these movies called The Matrix. I've only seen the first one has a lot of very interesting ideas in it. Uh, a lot of interesting ideas about the nature of reality, which it makes it interesting that both of the Wachowski brothers now identify as females. They've become detached from reality. And not just one of them, but both of them now identify as girls. I don't think they're even making movies anymore. They made some movies for quite a while, but I don't think they're even doing that anymore. But anyway, now they are known as the Wachowski sisters. I'm going to play a clip here. One of the Wachowskis was talking about when when he, okay, identifies as a girl. I think she he calls himself Lily Wachowski now or something. But he's talking about what happened when that made him decide that, that he had to come out as a woman. Listen to this clip. To be honest, like for me, the the, the people that I saw, the, the first images that really struck a chord with me were you know, uh, trans women and pornography. And um, there was something that um, unlocked in my brain that I saw these uh, wonderful, fearless performers um, becoming these, um, becoming desirable. And I, in my head, I could take the leap where I felt like, well, if I could be desirable, then maybe I could be loved. And for me, that's like one of the keys that trans people have to like struggle through, you know, will somebody love me? And so, yeah, that's, that's my answer, Nick Adams. That's an excellent answer, Lily Wachowski. So right there, this Wachowski brother is saying that he decided he had to start living as a woman because he said something unlocked in his brain as he was watching pornography. He said he was watching trans women in pornography. You got to remember when they say trans women, what they mean is biological men who dress up as women. Pornography rewired his brain and messed him all up. Reminds me of something else I just saw recently. This was a post that was on um, the, the social media known as Reddit. This is a very popular app with young people. Uh, I mean, most it's got people of all ages, but it's more geared towards young people. Very, I have it on my phone. I don't use it 
it's not something I go I go into every day. But when I do, I notice it's a kind of it's the most probably liberal of any apps that I have on my phone, like just constant propaganda put in there. And uh, anyway, there's a Reddit page. It's called r slash trans. These are how they name the pages in Reddit. And so in the trans group, somebody put a post in there and this was the name of the post. They said, can you suddenly become transgender? That's like the headline on the post. And then here's what they type. I'm going to read this to you, what someone's talking about. Can you suddenly become transgender? Here's this person's, um, they say they're a 23-year-old male, okay? Here's what here's what he says. So three days ago, I was scrolling Twitter, and I stumbled upon Chris from Mr. Beast's videos and saw that they were on hormone replacement therapy. This is something that transgender people do to try to make themselves look like a different gender or a different sex. Same thing, but anyway, that's something that they do. Hormone replacement therapy. So this writer says, when I saw that post, I got a sudden signal from my brain that said, you're trans now. The thought has been haunting me ever since that moment. I don't know what to do. I've never had any thoughts on the topic before. I'm pretty progressive and watch progressive content creators and have many LGBT friends, trans people included, and have listened to podcasts with trans people. But I've never had such a thought and felt pretty good with my body and who I am. I don't feel good with this idea. I don't feel like it's mine. It feels like an alien body taking over mine. Has anyone felt like this before? I'll be very thankful for your help. So this person just writes up this post and they say they were watching some transgender, someone talking about their transgender uh, replacements, hormones and all this kind of stuff, watching a video about transgenderism. And this person says, I got this signal in my brain that says you're trans now. They say, ever since I felt unsettled in my body, I always felt good before. Now I feel unsettled and it feels like an alien body taking over mine. When I read that quote, they said they heard a voice in their head that said, you're trans now. When I read that, I'm like, okay, that was a demon talking to them. Because this person admits, they say, they, they, said, they admit they surround themselves with darkness, with these evil ideas of modern transgender theory. They surround themselves with that. They live in this dark atmosphere that opens the door for a demon to speak to you. And when they heard that thought, they started to believe it, okay? Compare that with what I was reading above or below, before about um, the Wachowski brothers. And the person said, when I was watching this pornography, there was something that unlocked in my brain, okay? When I read stuff like that, that tells me there's something demonic going on right here. I mean, this when, you, when this post says, it feels like an alien body taking over mine, okay? That sounds like demonic possession right there or that a demon is attempting to possess them. Actually, here's another thing that um, just happened this past week. Um, as I'm recording this, it just happened this past week. So Ellen Page, or Elliot Page, uh, released a book that's talking about her journey into manhood. So so she identifies as a man. And she went all in on this. She had her breast removed by a surgeon. But she's not a man, okay? And listen, I don't hate Ellen or Elliot Page. I, I think she might have legally changed her name to Elliot. I don't hate her. I actually feel immense sadness for her every time I see her, every time I see her picture, every time I see her on TV. I feel immense sadness for her because I hate to see what she's become. She was in Inception. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. She was in Juno. That's one of the most pro-life movies that Hollywood's ever put out. And so when I look at what she's turned into now, it breaks my heart to see what she's become because she has truly destroyed her body and destroyed her life. But, but keep in mind what I've been saying. This, this transgender thing has such a demonic angle to it. You know, people reporting, hearing voices and stuff like that. Listen, this is from her new book. She, I guess she just released a book this past week. So it's been in the news a little bit lately. And here's what it says in her book. Here's a news report about her book. It says one night he, and it's talking about her, but this newspaper reporter is calling her a he. So it says one night he tried to knock himself out, took his knuckles to his face, and pounded over and over until bruises formed. For days after, he sat in a lawn chair on the porch, ashamed, his face sore. And then he heard a voice, you don't have to feel this way. He heard a voice saying that, you don't have to feel this way. And that voice, when you say, and it was a she, when she heard that voice, that should give you chills, because that is the voice of a demon. Okay, first she's beating herself up. Listen, when you when you read someone's cutting or abusing their body, um, that often comes from a demonic influence. I mean, that's what you read about in the Bible. When Jesus met demon-possessed people, 
the Bible would say that they that they cut themselves, that they throw themselves into fire. That's a, that's a signifier of demonic oppression on someone's life. And I believe that's what was happening to Ellen Page. And so here's what it says. She heard this voice. It was a small voice, barely discernible, but it kept echoing in his head. That's, again, this is what the newspaper reporter is saying. But it kept echoing in his head, a way out. Page says, it was as if something in my brain turned around. The agonizing voice saying, no, you're not. No, you can't. Just switched and became very gentle and loving. Oh, maybe I'm trans. Why don't I explore that? That's what the voice was telling her. Maybe I'm trans. Why don't I explore that? Okay. Then the article says, within weeks, he'd scheduled a Zoom consultation with a doctor to discuss top surgery. That's the surgery where someone, a a female has her breast cut off. The procedure was scheduled for November. A month later, he announced to his fans on Instagram who had known him since the release of Juno 13 years prior that his name was Elliot. So gender dysphoria, that's this incongruity between someone's mind and what their body is saying. And listen, it could occur in somebody totally naturally. I, I would I would imagine there's some people who've never necessarily tried to do something dark or evil, and they come to this or they were born this with this um, psychological problem. That that could happen naturally. I would allow for that. But also, I think most of the time you can bring it on yourself. It's through wicked behavior like homosexuality, pornography addiction, cutting and abusing yourself. When you do those kind of things, what you're doing is opening yourself up to darkness. And I I believe that's what Ellen Page did. We're starting to see the patterns. They're into pornography. They're into sexual immorality. And they, uh, uh, Ellen Page, I think she was gay before. Um, Maybe, I guess, still is technically. I don't know. But we're seeing the patterns here. They're into this evil. They're opening themselves up to darkness. And they start to hear voices. And as you look at stuff like this drag queen movement, these drag queens, they dress as demonically as can be. They, they claim to be dressing like women. They say they feel like a woman on the inside. Drag queens, when you look at them, they don't look like women. They're not dressing feminine. <laughs> that is not what women look like. They look like demons. I think they have a demon on the inside. If you don't like to hear that, send me your hate mail to crossreferencespodcast at gmail.com. If you don't like me saying that, that's where you can send your hate mail. But I'm not going to apologize for that. I don't think they have a woman on the inside. They have a demon on the inside. And I'm very convinced that transgenderism, by its, own, by its very nature, transgenderism is demonic. Okay, so I'm going to get into what the Bible says about it in just a moment. I just want to throw a, I want to throw something else in right here. I want to talk about what the effects are of transgenderism. More and more, we're seeing the long-term, um, irre, I don't know, irredeemable effects, um, permanent changes that are being made to the bodies. Uh, we're seeing that more and more. But listen, here's some of the things people don't realize is that when you get these chemical injections, like the hormone replacement therapy I was talking about earlier, that really puts people at a higher risk for certain types of cancers. Um, when they when they put these foreign chemicals into their body, that's not natural for a human body to have. Look, puberty is a normal thing. It's a totally natural process. I know it makes some people uncomfortable to go through puberty, but it's a totally normal, natural thing that the human body does whenever you're a teenager. Um, it when you do when you take a drug called a puberty blocker, that is something that's that that's used to um, pause puberty. You know, you mess up the human body. You're messing with perfectly healthy, normal biology and injecting foreign chemicals into the body that are just going to throw those things off. Uh, same with when when women take injections of testosterone, you know, because they want to grow facial hair or something like that. This is taking what is not supposed to be natural to the human body, putting these drugs in there, and it, it has effects besides just growing a beard or a mustache, higher risk for cancer. If you have a surgery that removes healthy, normal body parts. Um, I'm not going to go into the details, but when people get their sexual body parts removed, this and this is happening to adults and even children, minors, teenagers nowadays, are going in, they're getting manipulated by their parents or someone to get these surgeries done. They think it'll make them happy, and they are getting their body parts cut off. You can't go back from that, guys. You can't undo that once it's been done to you. 
It's permanent. You've permanently distorted your body, and there's no going back. Keep in mind, 73 to 98% of children who at one time thought they might be transgender, 73 to 98% of them end up saying that they're fine with their birth gender. So the vast majority, almost all of them, will eventually say that they're fine with their birth gender. This is why you don't need to freak out if your kid is confused because of all this disgusting filth in the culture that's trying to confuse kids and confuse teenagers. And and your son comes to you and says, I think I might be a girl. Or what's more common is that young young girls saying that they think they might be a boy or non-binary or whatever. Um, you don't need to freak out, okay? You don't need to panic. Yes, you you want to pray for them and help the, the, help them come to peace with their body, but you don't need to freak out about it because the vast majority of time of the time, kids are going to end up being okay with their birth gender. They're going to be become happy with the body that they were born into. But what Satan is doing right now is destroying their young bodies before that natural process has a chance to happen. So um, there's a lot of focus right now on protecting children from this. But I'm going to say this too. I think it should be illegal for anybody, anybody, adult or child. If you want to go to a doctor and have them cut off healthy parts of your body, I don't think it should be legal for that to, you know, I'm not, I'm not just going to be libertarian, do what you want. Whenever someone, just because you're 18 and you can make your own choices, no doctor should be cutting perfectly healthy body parts off of people. Why would you, why would you cut off a healthy body part to solve a problem that's a sickness in the mind? That's not addressing the the problem here. It's the, the problem is in the brain. If you th- if your brain is if you don't think your brain's in the right body, that's not a problem with your body. Um, don't forget these changes are permanent. You you're you're put, they're trying to slap on plastic surgery organs that you know like say a boy wants to be a girl and they try to put girl parts on them or vice versa. These new organs that they slap on them are not going to work. And not only that. You're going to have to be hooked on drugs the rest of your life. I'm not talking about cocaine or something. I'm talking about like from pharmaceutical drugs. You're going to be you're going to be hooked on those for the rest of your life just because your body you've now attached foreign body parts to your body that are not really yours and your body's constantly going to try to reject them. It's constantly going to try to heal itself and you're going to be stuck on pharmaceutical drugs the rest of your life just to survive because of what you've done to your body. So, uh, some, so I think any parent who is, or just any person out there who's considering a surgery like this, they need to go to this website, sexchangeregret.com. It's by a man named Walt Heyer. Walt thought he was a woman at, at one point and got these transgender surgeries done to him years and years ago. This was a long time ago. Came to realize it was a mistake. He got saved. He became a Christian. And, but he admits, you know, hey, there's no going back. Once you have these surgeries done to your body, they can't do another surgery to undo it, you've permanently mutilated your body. Walt Heyer, look him up, sexchangeregret.com. This is the information that people need to know before they go and have one of these surgeries. Now let's talk about what the Bible says. I haven't got into that yet. What does the Bible say? Does it speak to this very modern and new idea of transgenderism? Well, it does because there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> but let's let's start by let's looking at what it says in the first chapter of the Bible. Genesis 1:27 So God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them Notice that God only made two genders One of the things that has gone on with this transgender movement is they now try to say there's more than two genders there are multiple genders Our current president says he has no idea how many genders there are he knows it's at least 3 that is a direct quote of something he said when he was running for president and it's also a direct contradiction of the first chapter of God's word. Uh, in fact, I saw that our president was recently giving a speech, uh, you know, one of his many speeches endorsing and promoting transgenderism from the White House. And he went out and said that transgender people are made in the image of God. He said they're made in the image of God. And I notice he quotes the first part of that verse, that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. But he didn't quote the last part of the verse, Male and female, he created them. If you are male or if you are female, you were created that way by God. I noticed our president didn't get to that part of the verse. He just, you know, he's just trying to distort, quoting part of a verse to distort his own evil agenda. 
in case anybody is afraid that I'm being too political by pointing this out, I'm going to say this right now. I am against any politician who accepts gender ideology, this transgenderism. I'm against any politician who, who agrees with that. As a Christian, there's just per, personally, I have certain line in the sand positions that I they transcend any party affiliation. So I don't care what someone's party is. If they're going to endorse transgenderism, they are, I'm not a fan of them. Okay, Bruce Jenner, he, in case you didn't know, he doesn't just identify as a woman. He identifies as a Republican. Uh, Donald Trump and his kids, they are pro-transgenderism. I don't care what their party affiliation is. If you promote transgenderism, you are going against God's established order, and you're going against God. And therefore, I'm against you as well. You are my enemy whenever you go against God in that way. I'll pray for my enemies. I pray for President Biden. I regularly pray for him. I pray that he gets saved. But on this political issue, he is my enemy because he's trying to use God's word to endorse this demonic lie of transgenderism as he seeks to have kids more, more kids mutilate their bodies. That is the policies of his administration. Okay, <laughs> sorry to go a little bit on a rant there, but what I'm saying goes against, it's, not, it's beyond politics for me, guys. I hate this thing. I, I, I absolutely hate this sin of transgenderism, and that's why I'm trying to destroy it all month long here on the Cross References podcast. Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. That's Deuteronomy. Some people say, oh, that's Old Testament. That's, you know, you need to read more Old Testament if that's what you think. That we can just throw out Old Testament laws just because they're Old Testament. You don't understand the Old Testament if that's what you think. There's some certain laws that have been thrown out because, you know, Jesus died and so we don't do animal sacrifices anymore. We don't need a tabernacle anymore. He was our tabernacle. He was our temple. Uh, yeah, that all some stuff changed because of the New Covenant. Jesus did not die on a cross so that Bruce Jenner could put on a dress and call himself Caitlin. That's not why Jesus died on the cross, ladies and gentlemen. Deuteronomy 22.5 still applies. So listen, if God makes people male or female, why do some people feel otherwise? You know, I talked about this, but let me just sum it all up in this way too. We live in a fallen world. God made a perfect world where there was no cancer, no disease, there was no people thinking they were born in the wrong bodies. But then sin entered this world, and sin has messed so many things up. So these are the results of, we live in a fallen world. And I don't know, and I don't pretend to know, why any individual person has gender dysphoria and believes that they're in the wrong body. I don't know, I don't know a person's whole history. I can't speak to that for every person. But in a general sense, we live in a fallen world. That doesn't mean it's the way that God wants it to be. Um, but also I will say, I mean, these things can be triggered. These can be induced in the population six or seven years ago, less than 1% of the population identified as transgender. And I'm not sure what the exact percent is today, but it's much, much higher today. As I said, 40% of people in, uh, the youngest generation, middle schoolers and high schoolers today are identifying as something in the LGBT spectrum. They identify as something in there. That's not natural. That is, um, that's genetically engineered. Well, uh, not genetically, but uh, it's a genetic engineering of culture. Okay, it's it's a it's a manipulation of culture by forcing this into society. Romans one twenty four, which I read in the previous lesson on this subject, um, I read a lot of that chapter, uh, the first chapter of Romans. But remember this quote from it: Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. So one of the things that happens when a man turns his back on God is that God gives them over to a depraved mind. There's many people, millions of people in America today who've been given over to a depraved mind because they can't understand this nonsense about, they can't understand the, the, the truth about gender and God's created order. They rejected God and so they, he gave them over to uncleanness, they dishonor their bodies, and they exchange the truth for a lie. So let's talk about someone who believes the lie. What does the Bible have to say about it? Well, when someone has this condition where they don't feel like the gender that, um, they don't feel like the gender that they, uh, 
that they are is congruent with their biological sex, we might say. Okay, let's just let's just say for a minute that they actually, you know, that they actually do feel this way. If someone really does feel that way, I do have the deepest sympathy and compassion for them. And I, that might I might not sound like that because I've been speaking very bluntly about how evil I see this whole movement as being. But when I say this, my enemy is the devil. My enemy is not people. It's the devil who's manipulating these people and causing them to act this way. Uh, when, I, when I said that, you know, politicians are my enemy earlier, I said they're my political enemy. Okay, because they are trying to force something on this country politically. Um, I don't hate anybody, though, who identifies as transgender. I honestly have deep compassion for them. I feel that they've been manipulated and hurt by this culture. And it, it, to not feel like you're in the right body, honestly, that sounds like one of the most difficult things that a person could ever walk through in this world. Honestly, that seems like a horrible um, I don't think hell is the right word for it, but just a, a personal hell to live in. That sounds terrible to have to go through life that way. So when I see people struggling with that, my first impulse is not to get mad at them. I don't hate them. I actually feel really, really sorry for them. I think they have a psychological condition. It's called gender dysphoria. I think it's a serious psychological condition. I don't think it should be normalized. I don't think we should pretend it's that their version of reality is correct. I don't think we should do that. But I do have a deep sympathy and compassion for them. I can't say I know how they feel because I don't have that condition. I can only try to imagine how it feels. And I imagine it doesn't feel very good. But my solution would not be to go into their delusion and try to live in that and pretend that that is what reality actually is. My answer to those questions would be by bringing God into it. So let's look at the, the question of whether God created some male people with female brains or some female people with male brains, okay? Is that something God actually did? Is that something that God would let happen because of this fallen world? Is it a birth defect like a cleft palate, as that activist was saying earlier? Is that something God would actually let happen in this world? I actually believe, I do believe birth defects can really happen, you know, again, because we live in a fallen world. I do not believe that your soul could be something different than what the body is that God gave you. And I will prove that from the Bible. I'm going to read some verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I want you to notice that whenever Paul writes, he's using the phrase, your body, and also the word you, he's using them interchangeably. He sees you and your body as the same thing. And so he's talking in 1 Corinthians 6. We're going to pick up at verse 15. And this is about sexual immorality in general. But it does something interesting where it talks about the importance of the human body in relation to sexual immorality. It talks about you, and it talks about your body. It's going to use those terms interchangeably. So let me read it, and I'll show you. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So let me break in. When Paul is talking about the body in these verses, he's talking about it because the Corinthians were off base about the importance of the body. They thought the body was something lesser and that it didn't really matter what you did with your body. Paul is correcting this wrong thinking, but as he talks about it, sometimes Paul says, your body... And sometimes Paul just says, you. He uses you and your body interchangeably because as, as far as Paul is concerned, they're the same thing. You are your body. You are a body. Verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Your body and you are the same thing. Uh, to quote from an author named Preston Sprinkle, he wrote a book called Embodied that really dives deep into this whole thing. He said, we can't separate the real you from the embodied you. Therefore, the you that God created in your body, that is the you that you are. He didn't drop you into the wrong body. He didn't drop you into the wrong family. He didn't drop you into the wrong place. We have it right there in God's word. God made you with no mistakes in regards to your body and in regards to your gender. Again, 
Some people in modern times are confused about their bodies. They believe they were born into the wrong physical body. Well, am I saying that if that's what someone feels like, that we should just mistreat them or make fun of them? No. But what I pray for is that they're going to find comfort and joy in discovering who God created them to be. Uh, here's a clip from a Bible teacher named Nancy Piercy. I don't know anything about Nancy Piercy. I've heard the name before. I just saw her doing this interview with Elisa Childers, and she was speaking about someone that she, that she uh, I, I'll have to remember how, we'll listen together as we play the clip, someone she had talked to or witnessed to about becoming a Christian, and this person was transgender before. Listen to what Nancy Piercy says about how she handled this. So here's one of my favorite stories. Um, there was a woman who um, successfully passed as a man for 10 years. Um, and then she converted to Christianity. And it was interesting because at first she didn't think that, well, you know, sanctification takes some time. So at first she thought it was perfectly okay for her to remain living as a man. And she writes, um, I aspired to be a real man of God. Uh, and then one day, then one day when she was praying, she seemed to hear God say to her, you cannot claim to love me and yet reject my creation. This creation being, you know, her body, that she was physically female. And so this is, this is a, a case we need to make, that biblical morality is based on accepting who God made us. Um, that it, it, it's not just loving God, it's loving his creation. Yeah, as I've heard it said before, you got to talk to people about Jesus. And so you don't have to just start by talking to someone about their sin. Talk to them about Jesus. And then if they start talking to Jesus, then Jesus can talk to them about their sin. And uh, and that's why as a Christian and as a minister, if a person with gender dysphoria came to me and said that they have this struggle, my first goal is going to be help them to find joy in who God created them to be. I'm never going to lead them to reject their physical body. And so... Um, Anyway, I, th I think this basically covers it, guys. That's your Bible lesson for today. But here's why I, it's a little shorter than the last couple lessons on this subject, because this is called transgenderism versus the Bible, and the Bible is completely clear on this issue. It's not something that we have to just struggle and agonize through the text to understand. We don't have to be confused about how to interpret this. People are confused today, but the Bible's not confusing. The Bible's stance is as clear as can be. And that's why no Christian should be giving any leeway to this transgenderism, this transgender gender ideology that's going on right now. If you have a question on any of this, a challenge for me, if you have some feedback for me, you can leave a comment. My email address is crossreferencespodcast at gmail.com. You can send your mail there, your hate mail there. I'll take it all. If you appreciate this information, I would ask you to, to share it or perhaps leave a five-star review or a like, whatever, whatever you need to do on the platform you're listening on. Make sure you're subscribed and following me if you're not already. But whenever you do that, it tells the algorithms to take this information and put it out there in front of people. And so if you appreciate this info, then that would be, that would be, I would appreciate you um, that, showing your gratitude by, by doing that for me. So thank you for that. Thanks for, thanks to everybody who's been leaving positive feedback on some of my past episodes. I mean, I see those comments and I do appreciate them very, very much. Next week on this podcast, I am not done talking about this issue yet. Now that we've covered where the Bible is at on this LGBT topic, we've established where the culture is at on this topic, you might have noticed that the culture and the Bible are in two very different places. And so I would like to spend next week giving some advice for how Christians need to interact and respond and talk to transgender people. And, and also, your church needs a written policy for what it's going to do when a transgender person walks into their church and wants to use a bathroom that doesn't correspond to their biological sex. You know, you're going to have to figure out how you're going to handle that. And you got to do it before it happens. And as every day that goes by, it's more and more likely to happen one of these days. So we need to talk about what, what you need to do, do to be prepared for incident, incidents like that. And that's where we're going to go next time, next week, next Thursday, on the next episode that comes out for the Cross References podcast. I want to end today, since we have a little bit of time, I want to pray about this subject. Uh, we've looked at what God's word says. And before we go, let's just pray for our culture. Let's lift our voices up to God in agreement about what is going on around us. Um, I don't usually end an episode this way, but I, I encourage you, if you're still here, don't tune out. Just, you know, 
I believe whenever we agree together in prayer, whenever we agree, I believe God's word says our prayers are more powerful if we'll join them together. Our prayers have the power to make heaven move. And so please join me right now in prayer. Father God, we come to before you right now, and we just pray for the confused people who are across this nation. Uh, Lord, we know that you love them. You, we know that you created them to be a certain way. And I know, God, it, it must break your heart to see them rejecting that. Uh, I'm sure your heart breaks every time someone goes in and does one of these surgeries. Uh, God, I'm sure you're you're filled with outrage, too, at the, the evil people who are putting this out there and uh, permeating society with these terrible ideas. And so, God, we just we pray for people to be protected from this evil ideology that's sweeping across the nation. We pray that Satan would be bound, that the demons would be bound, God, and not able to, to continue to confuse people and deceive people with these lies, to get them to reject nature and to reject their own bodies. God, we pray for protection for our children, because it's so clear right now that the devil's after them, after them like never before, as we talked about on the previous episodes about the the, the indoctrination going on in children's TV shows. Um, it's so evil, God. It's so wicked. It's going on in schools across this country. Uh, we just pray for, um, we pray for that to stop in Jesus' name, that they would just stop trying to do this uh, to the children, that parents would be awake and alert and protecting their kids from coming across this stuff, that parents would not just give their a cell phone to, to one of their ch- children and just let them run amok with it, but God, that they would they would have some wisdom and protect their children, because that's a parent's job. Uh, we pray for our, our leaders in this country. We pray for President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, um, the people running our country. We pray that they would repent. We pray that they would get radically saved. Uh, we we pray, uh, we know it's not a, a one po- political leader who could turn this country around, who could put a stop to all this. Um, but God, we pray that whoever's going to be our next president, if it's not going to be our current president, we pray that our next president would be somebody who would stand up to this evil agenda and stop it from going forth in this nation anymore. And so we pray that for our country. We pray for our churches, for our pastors, for every Christian who's listening to this podcast, that in the day that we're challenged on what we believe about gender, that we would not back down, that we would not have fear, that we would not run away, but that, God, we would be bold as lions, that we would honor you, that we will honor your word, and that we're not going to back down from reality and the truth but we're going to stand strong no matter what the consequences would be, that we're not going to fear man, but we will fear God and obey you and follow your word and stand strong for it in this culture. We pray these things in Jesus' name because we believe in the authority that he gives us whenever we use that name. And we know that whenever we pray, heaven moves. And so, Lord, thank you for hearing our prayers today. Amen. And this has been Luke Taylor. Thank you for praying with me and thanks for listening to the Cross References podcast. Come back next week as we talk about choices Christians must make on transgenderism.